0: hello and welcome to the Snoop club boop, 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 boop. Oh, i was hoping club would do that that time he didn't do it but it's no, okay I, I i bring fresh bits to each recording
1: All right. i almost called you joe i need to i'm gonna need to get used to not having the it's same okay ghost. i'm gonna call
0: you tyler at some point i know or club and i'm and here I, I'm, too and sarah <laughs> oh yeah i'm danny
2: i'm sarah <laughs> I'm, Caleb. Oh, I'm sarah <laughs> I have two men here with me. <laughs> Welcome back to the Snub
0: Club. Uh, anyway, so this episode, our first episode, we're starting at the second Academy Awards. And that's because, as we said in our intro, if you listened to it, and if you didn't, it's okay. But you might want to listen to it so you know what you're listening
1: to. Uh, Wait, stop. Do you not know what the Snub Club is? Go and listen to our intro podcast where we explain it in great detail then you'll understand why we're talking about a random gangster movie from 1929.
0: <laughs> That's true. Um, uh, but what was I? Okay. So I lost my train of thought. Thanks a lot club. No. Okay. No, I remember. <laughs> uh, it's over there. I see yeah. It. Okay, great. Um, no, the reason we're starting at the second Academy Awards is because the films that qualify from the first Academy Awards for our podcast, which is, Caleb said you should listen to Retro podcast but if you didn't it's about um, the movies that got the most nominations with no wins at the Oscars uh, the two films that qualify from the first Academy Awards are Sadie Thompson and The Crowd never which are readily available on streaming or, or even to rent which I guess is the same thing but you know or actually not even that is I looked into if you could like buy a DVD of them <laughs> they are not available mm-hmm. on anything <laughs> so yeah hopefully they'll be available at some point we can cover them uh but for now we're going to cover the second academy awards where the film can that, we
1: break into the library of congress and yeah. get them i'm sure it's the like crowd a, the is National at least Treasure there. three
0: i'm sure the crowd is at least there you know what i mean i think the crowd we learned about the crowd in film school uh briefly but at least i did I don't know where to uh i've got it,
1: a i've got a post-pandemic road trip idea <laughs>
0: Well then it Sarah didn't you say one of them's available in France? So we could fly to France, right? Sarah <laughs>
1: Well when we fly to France, we can all be in the same room.
0: <laughs> we watch the new restoration of the crowd that's explicitly only in French. Uh, but anyway yeah so the second academy awards um there were nine films that received multiple nominations the patriot in an old arizona got five nominations however actually this is pretty interesting to me is that the, uh, the second academy awards is i believe the only academy awards where the the most wins was one every award went to a different film which is kind of cool uh but not our film uh but anyway so the patriot and and old arizona got five nominations and one win The the broadway melody and the divine lady got three nominations and one win but alibi which is what we'll be discussing got three nominations and no wins uh sarah you said you looked up all the info so you can take it away tell us what to know about alibi
2: okay so alibi uh was a pre-code crime film directed by roland west um, And it was nominated for three Academy Awards, including Best Actor in a Leading Role for Chester Morris, Best Art Direction for William Cameron Menzies, and Best Picture for uh, Rowan West, who also directed it. Um, so it lost Best Actor to Roland Bax- Baxter for In Old Arizona. Um, Warner.
0: You said Roland, sorry.
2: Oh, sorry. <laughs> 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 okay, Baxter. sorry. Sorry, um, <laughs> I was like, Roland's the director, what?
0: Sorry, go on. I'm I'm sorry. Anyway, don't cancel me.
2: <laughs> um, the Bridge of San Luis Rey won Best Art Direction, and the Broadway Melody took home uh, Best Picture that year. Nice. Uh, you might be thinking, what is a pre-code film? Uh, so that refers to the Hayes Code, which was uh, a more strict kind of crackdown on what could be seen in films. So according to Hollywood, or I'm sorry, according to Wikipedia. Freak Hollywood <laughs> is defined as um, some films in the late 1920s and early 1930s depicted or implied sexual innuendo, romantic and sexual relationships between white and black people, mild profanity, illegal drug use, promiscuity, prostitution, infidelity, abortion, intense violence, and homosexuality. Nefarious characters were seen to profit from their deeds in some cases without significant repercussions.
1: Have any of y'all watched uh watched a haze
0: code gangster movie uh you mean postcode uh not no, the, like during the code yeah. no i i haven't the only i was about to say the only pre-code film i can say i've definitely seen off the top of my head is designed for a living which is a rom-com that's about polyamory i hope i pronounced that right because i'm the worst at pronouncing things uh but yeah that's the only pre-code film i can definitely say i've seen uh it's pretty funny.
1: I had to watch the original Scarface uh, in a Howard Hawks class I took. And because it was made during the code, they had to keep cutting back to the police investigating. But it was always different policemen. And like it was not a like a consistent through line. And it was super distracting. But I still feel like this film was even like more pro cop, even though it did not need to do that. What? You think this movie is pro
0: cops? See, Shall we get into it now, or should we have more facts for us? I
2: mean, if you want, I can I can provide l- like a a little a little plot summary if need be. I would recommend watching this movie if you can. But um,
0: yeah, you, that's that's a big thing. Is if you're gonna listen to these podcasts and you can watch these movies, might be a good idea because I think we're gonna probably spoil them all, right? I yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair fair to say. Anyway, go on, Sarah. Sorry.
2: So to provide just a brief, I guess, a brief summary of the plot, um, the main character is Chick Williams, who is a gangster, sort of. I guess he's just, they call him like a crook. Um, He recently was released from prison. Um, Allegedly, although we don't really know, he was framed by the police.
1: Very likely. After seeing these police operate in this movie, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> but um, he also
0: doesn't seem like a great guy,
2: no. And he is dating a woman named Joan Manning, who
0: she's cool.
2: She is the daughter <laughs> of the police chief question mark. Um So we'll just call him Manning. And she has a little a little nice guy named Tommy. <laughs> who is intent on pursuing her? But any, but you know, all just to say, there is a who's m- also
1: a cop. Yes, yeah, who's he's also a cop. <laughs>
2: That's probably a-, a pretty important part. Um, <laughs> there is a murder of a cop named O'Brien um, by somebody we don't know uh, when it happens, and um, so Tommy and Manning are trying to implicate Chick. Because they find out Chick married Joan. And they're really upset about that. There's what another Chick cop.
0: Has, what does Chick
1: have? Chick has. Yes. An alibi.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Do, does he? Does he not? We're not sure.
0: Um, there's also a side
2: plot with another character named uh, Danny or Billy, depending on who he's talking to. My um, <laughs> <That>
0: favorite part.
2: <laughs> he's an undercover cop. Um Joan knows he's an undercover cop, but she doesn't tell anybody. Uh, (laughs) There's just a lot going on. And the movie ends. Spoiler alert. The movie ends. We find out that Chick did, in fact, kill this cop. And Tommy shoots him, (laughs) but he doesn't. And right, we can talk
0: about the ending later. Yeah, the <laughs> ending is a <the>
2: whole thing.
0: <laughs> the ending is something we gotta
2: talk about.
1: <laughs> I think the movie wants you to know that Chick killed the cop. It's just that that scene is shot so poorly that it's yeah. hard to tell.
2: I legitimately thought that he was innocent. I was like, this would be pretty cool if he actually didn't kill him.
1: I was just saying, every synopsis I saw online said that, like, and then he killed the police officer. And I'm like, but did
0: he, like... I think it's worth noting, it might not be uh, with that scene in particular, but the restoration for this is not great. It is very, uh, very, uh, what's the word for it? The print is not good, but the audio is worse. Yes. I had uh, auto-generated captions on the entire time. It actually caught a lot of it, uh, but then it kept telling me the character Bachman was named Batman, uh, which... It's pretty good too. Uh, also, what made me laugh was at the end. I think he like says, "Let me Adam," but it just kept saying "explicitive under Adam."
2: <laughs> oh yeah, it was like yeah. No, it was like it was like it was something like blank me up. Yeah, was yeah, like, yeah, he was yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. It was saying lock me up, but it was like blank me
0: up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's
1: what it was. You're right. Yeah, that's what it was. That cracked me up. And the jazz singer had only come out two years before this, so like. I'm not sure how much of that we want to chalk up to just the technology wasn't very good at it, but on the other hand, like I've seen other movies from around this time and the audio is definitely better. Like it's never great, but from what
0: I read actually, uh, and I want to, I want to double check this before I say it, but I'm pretty sure this was the first year audio movies were nominated. Um, yeah, I think three of the. This is one of three nominations that were audio. You know what I mean? Sound? Uh, no, I lied. Sorry. Uh, the Patriot, which was nominated that year, is not sound, even though it had some synchronized soundtrack. But I would guess everything else here is audio because the other two are named the Hollywood Review and the Broadway Melody. I would assume those are not silent films off the title. Uh, I would also assume they probably have better audio because I would assume that the main appeal of both those films is seeing, hearing the singing and the dancing. But lucky for you, Alibi has plenty of that, too.
1: <laughs> well, if we count kick lines as dancing. <laughs> the extended shots of the kick lines.
2: Well, um, and the, the best part is that you get to see the show twice because they true. go to it twice
1: and then the second time it's just the character's legs so like,
0: <laughs> i took a picture is, of that and sent that to someone in the middle of watching it's like check out what i'm watching
1: <laughs> these were some of my notes kick lines are weird right that's for the first one then the legs return even more legs how many like there are more legs than people in this movie what is going on <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess there are always
0: more likes than people. <laughs> so, I, think, I think most movies have more likes than people in them. Do you have, you have any more interesting facts to bring up before we really dive into the storyline?
2: So, yes. oh, no, go ahead, go ahead.
0: So Sarah is
1: bringing all that film knowledge in. So I was like, I'm, I'm going to look up to see what else was popping in 1929. Um, and one of them, uh, I think, would have affected how the people would have watched this movie and the other one would have just affected how film history like going forward on this podcast what some trends we might see and so in February of 1929 was the St. Valentine's Day Massacre which of course was one of the big um, acts of gangster violence in Chicago and uh, is depicted in gangster movies like Scarface many years later but it's just gangsters and stuff can feel so period when we watch it now but like it's interesting to like go back and think about how a contemporary viewer, especially someone who maybe would be sheltered from like this kind of violence and would have exaggerated opinions of it, would view this movie. Um, and then in uh, September of that year, the stock market crashed and began the Great Depression. Um, so I think we'll see moving forward. I'm wondering if we'll see less kind of serious films like this and more like escapist, type films emerge
0: yeah i think well it's worth noting this movie came out on april 20th so it came out before the stock market crash um also i would agree that that's up four twenty. yeah yeah uh, i would also say that's just something the academy does in general i feel like even nowadays you know they'll switch off from giving it to like a crowd pleaser and then giving it to something artsy uh i'm trying to think of a good example of that uh, but I guess Green Book would count as like a crowd pleaser movie, and it's surrounded by it's like surrounded by Parasite and whatever one in 2018. I can't remember. The Shape of Water is kind of populous, too. I feel like I don't know. Well, uh, and but and that's and just something they always review, do.
1: Definitely sounds kind of crowd pleasing. Mm-hmm. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, good point. And I think the one we're doing next week sounds very crowd pleasing too. I'll reveal that at the end of the episode because fun fact, guys. Caleb does actually not know what movies we're doing. We, we, we spring it on him. So at the end of this episode, we will reveal to Caleb what he has to watch in two weeks from now. Uh, but yeah. Um, okay, Sarah, what did you have? Caleb gave us his historical context. You said you had some more.
2: Yeah, I well, I read, and this was on IMDb Trivia, so you know that it has to be legit. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I read, allegedly that this, they had planned for it to be a silent film. And then eventually they decided to make it a talkie. So I think there are a lot of moments in it, especially like the sets that are very silent film. Um, like even the beginning, there's like no dialogue. Um,
0: the I Well, we can get into the beginning, obviously, yeah. when we get into it. But yeah, I would agree that the sets are very... Um, they remind me of that classic film we had to watch in film school, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, uh, but just German expressionist stuff too. Yes. Especially, actually, at the end too. The ending, yeah, the nightclub, yeah, yeah, and the exteriors is what I'm thinking, like the very last shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> Do you think it would have been a stronger film if it had been silent? Well, uh, I don't if you want my answer i don't i i think well actually let me rephrase i think to me in general this movie is just my ultimate take on it was like it's whatever you know like there were some highlights there were definitely some lowlights (laughs) but i would say a lot of the highlights have to do with um how certain characters speak (laughs) so i would want to keep that (laughs) I don't
1: know. I think this would have been shorter, and it's not like it's a long movie anyway. Yeah, but I definitely think some scenes will have been cut. Like maybe that, maybe that death scene would have <laughs> felt so long. Oh
0: my god, <laughs> the death scene.
1: The death scene is great. Uh, like I think even pausing for title cards, it would have been cut in half.
0: <laughs> I just imagine it now. What if they kept the entire thing in, and <laughs> just kept cutting title cards, and it'd be double the length? Club. Wow. Well, what are you thinking?
2: <laughs> but the thing is the titular alibi is that he was watching you know a musical performance so would that Utilize still work the sound.
0: would there have been as many kick lines <laughs> probably not the whole peel i've seen singing in the rain i don't know why kick lines exist um <laughs> all right should we get into it then should we Let's get into talking about this all right uh well i said we wanted to talk about the beginning about the beginning was cool it definitely sold me on a movie that i didn't ultimately get as i like to say yep uh it, yep. W- it was very nice though i was like "Ooh, these opening credits cool yeah that's all i got yeah, it, was, <laughs> it was very
1: visually striking i it got me excited and then the characters started talking
0: well the characters started going <laughs> 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 <That's the laughs> For me, you know
2: it's cool like it's got some insert shots which i think is very cool um it has some really cool like i call it like wing style but i guess it was kind of the style of the time but you know like the pan-ups and things like that yeah were very cool well this is just a Um, year after
0: wings wins right yeah 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 just so you if wings influencing the industry so quick Yeah, those are for those of
1: you who haven't seen Wings, it's like a dolly zoom in and nothing quite as impressive as what's in Wings, but like there are three back to back that give a lot of like forward momentum to the opening of the film.
0: Yeah, I haven't seen Wings, but I have seen The Last Jedi, which I know references Wings. So actually, I've seen the clip from Wings you guys are talking about. We watched it in film school, uh, but I've also watched The Last Jedi. Uh, everyone's going to turn it off now. Uh, alright, yeah, and then we meet our characters. Yes.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, we immediately meet Chick and, uh, Bachman and Daisy. Daisy is his... Chick, his wife, his girlfriend, something uh, like chick that. Chick is
0: the Chick. We can't call Daisy the Chick. <laughs> <laughs> chick. chick. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then Joan is his, like is chicks also his his chick <laughs> she's chick's, chicks. <laughs> chicks
0: chick, chick. <laughs> honestly this was one of those like here's the thing with watching well in movies in general i feel like you know well m- older movies i do mean older movies is like they often will to me throw a ton of characters at me and then of course they'll be in black and white and in poor quality and i'll be like i don't remember any of these people other than like how they're dressed I remembered obviously Chick and Joan because they're really our leads. And then I remembered the woman because she's pretty much the only other woman in the storyline. But I
2: didn't I didn't know her name until the very end. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> but the guy I was like, oh, they talking about the, the close captioning's talking to me about Batman. Uh, who was that? Who's <laughs> Batman? But yeah. I think I could
1: follow most of the characters. There's this one guy in a phone booth with a mustache, and I, I, I was a little confused oh, about yeah. him. For is a he while. the
0: one that, like, Chick explicitly says, like, he has a dumb middle name? Yes. Stanislaus. I remember and that. And he's, What's like,
2: that? the. Yes. So he's the one. We're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but he's <laughs> yeah, the <I> one <laughs> who, like, the cops will call when they need, like, what is it like to divert suspicion? They have a certain person that they'll call, but like she, like Joan, just openly explains it. So obviously, it's not a secret.
0: <laughs> well, maybe, maybe her dad's just a really bad cop. You know, like the dad is her dad is. I mean, like, these are all very bad cops. Well, even like he, like he's a bad corrupt cop he's bad at being corrupt
2: see okay i feel like we have to address that because
0: (laughs) this movie and their cops
2: seem really shitty like they seem like bad people but then at the end of the movie tommy is like the hero So, but he's an
0: awful person throughout the whole movie.
1: Oh, my word. There's a scene early on where Joan is explaining to Tommy why she doesn't want to date him, and she basically says, A cap. It's great. It's (laughs) great. And then in the middle, they're trying to frame this person so that they can get information out of them. Who killed O'Brien? Who killed
2: O'Brien? Who killed (laughs) O'Brien? It's
1: it's like it's pretty tense. It's one of the better scenes, but also it's one of these things where it's like, oh my word, I want all of these characters
0: to die. Well, I was rooting for Chick pretty heavily until like the end, you know. Yeah. At the end, like it's one of these things where like it throws out its ambiguity to the, and it feels kind of censored to me even though I know it's pre-code it seems very much like oh we have to have the cops be the hero so we're just gonna make him be a jerk now <laughs> so that way audiences like that
2: yeah he becomes very spineless he becomes like he like grovels for his life it's just not a good look especially because like the whole time he's supposed to be the hero quote unquote I'm fairly
0: certain his groveling for his life had to be if they had Oscar clips as Oscar clips Yes. Uh, like it's very different than anything else he does in the movie
1: well, and it's like, it feels so stark in contrast to how the undercover cop dies, where he has a seven minute long line <laughs> there being I, fed water and talking about, oh, I'm so proud to be a cop.
0: I will say that my favorite part of the movie is the undercover cop. He is, he is doing a very like over the top drunk voice yes. for pretty much every scene he's And there are
2: so many... T- Points when people are in his face and they don't—they don't smell any alcohol. I guarantee it. But he's just—he's just—he keeps going.
0: It's great. Oh, I love it. uh But I guess we should—we're really jumping all over the place. It's <laughs> yes. just fine.
1: But, um, so, so does this movie? Because after the titular alibi, like, but that takes it about twenty minutes for us to get there. Mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot like, of stuff just,
2: that happens at the very beginning
1: it like drops characters like flies like joan disappears for a good chunk of the movie and she conveniently pops back up when it's
0: like hey that guy is not okay he's an undercover cop and she's yeah like, that's like, the, like, the funniest oh, thing to me is
2: like So, she gets locked in her room by her dad, and then her husband, Chick, just, like, leaves, and is totally cool with it, and she, like, jumps out the window, presumably to go find Chick, but it's not for, like, 40 minutes, which is, like, however many days in the movie. (laughs) So, I
1: don't know, she's just walking around (laughs) somewhere what city are they in i'm so confused <laughs> are they in new york are they in chicago oh,
0: i was thinking it was meant to be new york i would assume it's uh, probably I can check new york. to see if when, says, i mean wasn't
2: somebody like irish it or something in like it? It i guess that could uh, be chicago as well the accents were a little bit questionable at points
1: the guy the cop shakes down the guy who looks like david lynch he's he's
0: supposed to be irish
2: soft malone is that guy
0: it's supposed to be in york it's supposed to be new york Oh. Just so you guys know, it is supposed to be New York. That was the tagline on the poster, apparently. It was like, Explore the dangers of New York City's nightclubs. The biggest danger is or that you could like get that. kicked I mean, that's in the what face. I this, at least. Uh
1: <laughs> whenever someone
0: got hit in this movie, they flew across the room. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was the funniest thing. I was just again going back to going back to the ICAB thing, is like this was so like it was very ick. Like, literally, the first thing she like, one of the first things the girl says in the movie is, like, Joan says to What's-His-Face. He's like, I want to marry you. Yes. And she goes, I could never marry a policeman. They're awful. They're corrupt. They plant evidence. <laughs> it's and like, you see them yes, do you go all off. these things.
2: But it's so weird. Like, where does... Where does the shift come from? Because, like, even at the very end, like, Tommy's like, he's like, I'm going to shoot you in the back and there's nothing you can do about it. And it's like, is this the good guy? (laughs) (laughs) Our hero.
0: (laughs) Well, I do think it's worth noting that. Sorry, I do think it's worth noting that according to the Oscars, Chick is the lead. It's not Tommy. It's Chick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not that the Oscars know everything, but I would also say I think Czech is ultimately the lead of the film, even though the ending weirdly lets him down. Well, it's like a tragedy. It's a it's a
1: like it's very much a cautionary tale where it's like bad people are bad because they're bad and good people do bad things. But it's good because they're good. And it, but it, he
0: had an alibi. But his
2: alibi turned out to be a cop. So
0: I just like also like the really uh, the inserts of the tickets. Yes, you know, it's like, always the same <laughs> shot. Oh, I was at the I was at the national theater.
2: Yeah, when they show like Soft Malone, who's just a singular person, he shows them and it's two tickets. Very convenient.
1: <laughs> well Soft had to have uh, a date.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a funny movie. <laughs> that was really it. it was like at some points it gets boring, but at some points to me I was laughing at it not that like i i feel like i don't want to say this is bad because i was laughing at because it it's very old-timey you know mm-hmm. and that's fine obviously but i'm not used to watching movies like that and that's kind of the point of this podcast is we're watching older movies and seeing what they and are. I feel yeah.
1: like there are moments where the actors are just kind of pantomiming things because that's what you did back then but like to us pantomime has only survived as a comedic thing and so, even if they're just pantomiming, like, I'm going to, like, eat this food and stuff, it looks silly.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, good point. Yeah. I would agree that it looks silly at a lot of points. But I also, I think also it's the school of acting, which we'll see a lot in these earlier films, is that the acting as we know it didn't really become a thing until Brando. Uh, you know what I mean? Like how older films have a very more elevated style of act, more of a theatrical. Yeah. Uh, and... That was fun for me here. And again, as I said, my favorite part of this was uh, Danny. And not because I named Danny, but just because he was always he was always drunk. Oh, <laughs>
2: well, when he, he was wasn't, drunk, he, wasn't he just, was Billy.
0: Well, no, even when he was at like the cops, and he's like, Oh, my name's Danny, he would still be like, Hey guys, my name's <laughs> Danny, you know, like he would still deliver his lights. Like he was very drunk. That's what the departed needed. And he'd be like, I never drink
1: on the job. <laughs> So do we want to get into the finale? Because it is, it is bonkers.
2: It is insane.
0: (laughs) I just think about the end of the finale, but yeah, we can go.
1: (laughs) So all the criminals, like they've been found out. So all the criminals and the ladies go to this penthouse apartment and they're just kind of waiting it out, hoping to escape to Canada. And then the cops bust in and they arrest everyone
0: <laughs> yes we do need to talk about danny's death we, can't, we we've been alluding to it but we haven't talked <laughs> yes. about
1: it this is the seven minute long death scene <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh
2: yeah he gets
0: he gets shot in the back makes sure he gets shot in the, back, the,
2: yes. sure you, shot in the yeah, arm yeah. as well right uh huh.
0: yeah yeah but chick makes sure you, the movie makes sure you know he got shot in the yes. back. like it's repeated to us several times that he got shot in the back and and it's it's built up in such a cool way to me. I like this. It like cuts to chick, and then it cuts to another gangster who I don't remember, and they're all just kind of staring at him, and then they shoot. So yeah,
2: it's a cool setup, and there's a time limit, which I always think is cool um, because he tells Danny tells uh, his little his little side piece to meet him in, in two minutes, and she conveniently turns out to be a witness two minutes later um but it is cool it's a very cool setup i mean we get like these front on shots of chick and his two accomplices which we haven't we hadn't seen you know in the rest of the movie um <laughs> so you know that was cool it's just the death scene is so bizarre
1: the cops the rest of the cops come in to find him and they have like a a prolonged conversation and with like all the all the gravitas and like the pauses between saying things and like
0: i was in glee oh yes
2: he says he says i don't belong with the cops i just belong to the glee club
0: (laughs) he wanted to be in the kick lines and at one point
2: like because he's you know imagining heaven i guess he we start to hear music um which is he's very sweaty It's just, there's a lot going on
0: <laughs> it's really funny i i, I think yeah it's uh, maybe i i don't know if we're selling this that well it's it's funny and it just keeps going going <laughs>
1: my my notes for that section was just die already i think i got yes. a, little, a little less humor than you did <laughs>
2: I mean, my thought was just like, my thought was he deserved it. Like, you know, everyone
1: in this movie deserves to die except for Joan, I guess. (laughs) But Joan's an idiot, so like maybe she does too.
0: I will say that I I thought it was funny because I had read before and that there was a long death scene. So when I did, I was like, oh, sweet, I can get some candy right now and I'll come back up and I won't miss anything. And sure enough, there was still another four minutes of death for me to get through. Uh, but yeah, um, you know. Also, doubling back a bit. If we're not, if we're, do- are we done talking about the deaths? Are we done? Are we done? Sorry, yeah. Are we done? I mean, I think we should draw it out for another couple minutes. But you know,
2: I mean, it probably okay. deserves uh, yeah, yeah. you know the attention.
0: <laughs> yeah. The Glee Club uh, makes me wonder if he would have liked Ryan Murphy's Glee. You know, I quit. <laughs> it depends. I bet. I bet he wouldn't, but I bet Billy
1: would love it.
0: I actually want to double back before we get to the end and talk about the actor who plays uh, her dad, uh, who is, like, so... He's the one who I really think of besides... even act, I think he's more over the top than whoever's playing Danny slash Billy. Uh, he's, hes like... What does he say? He says something so ridiculous to her at one point. When she's like, I've married this person. And she, she's, he's just like, no, you haven't. It's <laughs> like, something... Yeah, he's very
2: over the top. And, like... After he, like, locks her in the room, he, like, turns to Tommy and he's like, are we just gonna let her get away with this? And it's like...
0: (laughs) Yeah, that might be what I'm thinking of. (laughs) (laughs) She's married, you can't really do anything about it.
1: Well, and just, like, this guy... I I don't want to make any assumptions, but I assume he did most of his acting before sound was invented. And man, he's trying. (laughs) He is trying to transition...
0: Oh, yeah. I, well, I wonder... I guess we could look into that, uh, see who in this was established beforehand or not. Uh, I feel like uh, Chick has to be, because, of course, he's first billed Andy's Oscar nominated for it. Uh, let's see Chester Morris. No, his, his, this was his debut. Uh, well, it's his sound film debut. Um, but it looks like he was a Broadway actor beforehand, and then he was signed for a contract for film in 1927, which would make sense as this would be one of his first films. But that's Chester Morris, who is definitely one of the better people in this mm-hmm. movie. So <laughs> doesn't really surprise me. Uh, are you looking up the other people at all or nah?
2: I'm, um, yes, it's kind of, they're not really like huge stars. Like none of them were, I mean, Joan doesn't even have a Wikipedia page.
0: Uh, Regis becomes, Regis to me becomes a big star. Uh, cause I actually recognize his name. He's in his girl Friday. I think he's one of the newspaper mm. guys in it.
1: I mean, so many, so many female stars back in the day, like after making a couple movies would just, you know, be shut out from Hollywood. It's like, okay, we've, we've used you up. Go back. That's true. Uh,
0: I want to look at who this guy was in his girl Friday. Cause I remember seeing he was in his girl Friday and I was like,
2: Oh, nice. He's which, Sanders which actor
0: in his girlfriend. Is... Uh, the guy who plays Danny. Okay. I think he's just one of the newspaper guys. Because, you know, in his Girl Friday, there's, like, the scene. Like, you know, there's just all those newspaper people sitting outside the court. Uh, I think that he's one of those guys. I just remembered recognizing his name. And I was like, what do I know him from? Then I checked the letterbox. And it's like, oh, yeah. His Girl Friday.
2: Okay, yeah. So the actor who played Manning, the, the head cop. Um this was his first dad? talkie. <laughs> yeah, course. the dad.
0: That makes sense. That 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 checks out. <laughs> that check- uh but yeah. Um But yeah, uh good job. You're memorable on your first appearance at least. Uh I think we could now finally go talk about the end. We remember you now. We'll see if we remember him in like a week. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, well, I think I'll remember What's-His-Face, Danny, because, again, the drunk was so over-the-top. The drunk was strong with him. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, the ending. Back to the ending yes. of the movie. After the seven-minute death scene. So they get,
1: into, they get into the apartment. Tommy corners uh chick and like just draws us like i'm gonna shoot you in the back like you shot billy slash danny you're a coward and so and so after this whole thing chick runs for the door tommy
0: shoots wait wait wait. you have to you have to talk about Chick problem chick is literally just like no yeah. please don't do that that'd be the worst thing ever let me live
2: he like leans back in his chair he's like you're not gonna do nothing and then like as soon as he says he's not gonna take him to jail he like freaks out <laughs>
1: it's so big (laughs) and so like he shoots and and chick faints and they all come in and they're like haha this guy he fainted guess what Tommy was packing blanks not real bullets he's just such a coward (laughs) it's like let's get Jordan here to see how much of a coward her husband is
0: (laughs) that is basically what happens
1: and then but but Tommy wait, or Chick wakes up, he flips the lights, there is mass confusion, everyone's shooting everywhere, he makes up to the rooftop, and he's gonna jump, but then he misses, <sighs> and he falls down to the ground, there's no sound of a thud, and then people are like, okay, cool, hey, Joan, you're with you me like, now
2: my thing is like does he miss because to me it looks like he makes it and then he just falls over (laughs) yeah yeah
0: that's really what it it looks like he he makes it but then he goes (laughs) (laughs) whoops and he trips and falls back it reminds it's like he changes his mind uh the weird thing that reminded me of is uh it reminded me of uh the clip of tom cruise breaking his ankle (laughs) on mission impossible (laughs) that's the vibe i got from it Cause it looks like such an easy jump, but then he just falls yeah, over. Yeah, it's
2: very, it's just bizarre. And I wonder how they did it, cause it didn't look like the fall looks bad, but like the jump itself is not terrible.
0: Yeah. uh, Well, I mean, I think the fall looks fine for 1929, though. You know, I was, I was like, oh, that looks, that, that looks decent. You know. And then they also just, they kind of just look down. They go like, well, it's so, Looks. yeah,
1: it's like so abrupt. And because there's no sound of him like hitting, <laughs> like there's not even like a little thud.
2: And then, a splat. A <laughs> <don't>
1: squish. <laughs> I need to recut this and put in the, uh, the Tom and Jerry scream.
0: <laughs> no, put in the goofy scream. Oh my
2: God. But yeah, well, I think the thing is, is like, a lot of old movies like even like up until the 50s just they end so abruptly yeah
1: that's my favorite thing about the original cape fear it's just it ends with gregory peck being like and now you've been beaten and then credits (laughs) well
0: i uh not an old movie but i think clue does a good joke on that (laughs) on abrupt endings uh i forget have you seen clue caleb oh i love clue yeah Okay, good. I know Sarah's seen Clue. I'm the last person to have seen Clue, but yeah. I mean, Clue plays on that a bit, and I always enjoyed that.
1: And Monty Python in uh, the Holy Grail also plays on it, with just this big battle, and
0: then they all get arrested. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, so Alibi. Uh, I think we've covered it. I think that's pretty solid coverage. I the feel book. like Did we covered it be- probably
2: as coherently as as watching it was
0: it's not it's not a cohesive <laughs> movie yeah I want to. yeah I mean I think I'm grading it on a curve because I know it's so old and I know the restoration is bad you know it's hard for me to fault it for some stuff where it's like I couldn't hear the dialogue that's not really the movie's fault Then. I mean
2: I will say to me and I I mean I told you this Danny but like To me, it feels like a very early noir film. Like, the beginning, like, I was hooked. Up until, like, 20 minutes in, I was like, we're setting this up. You know, people know things that other people don't know. I think that's really cool.
0: And also the cop, the air cab stuff.
2: Yeah. (laughs) It just, it felt like, to me, like, Joan was, like, this very classic, like, not femme fatale type, but, like, you know, she was, like, a noir heroine. And it just kind of ultimately fell apart because you know noir was not a thing at the time yeah (laughs) the
1: the cops are bad until they aren't joan has agency until they
0: until she doesn't and chick is competent yeah yeah you know for a movie called alibi the alibi doesn't really come to play it much at all in the end game well (laughs) the play
1: it's based off of it the original play i think is called the nightstick so I don't know how uh, if that ties into this any more than alibi does. But my
0: guess is since it's a play, if there probably is like a nightstick that's constantly like held up in front of the people, and it's like, eh, I've got a nightstick. You know what I mean? Like very theatrical element mm-hmm. type of thing, which they cut because why would you put that in a movie when the movie could just be titled Alibi and have a cool opening credits scene? Um, wh- So yeah, club. What did you What did you think of it? Basically. Sarah kind of gave it. I kind of gave it. So it hasn't aged well, obviously. Um, but even I think
1: taking like taking into account some movies that weren't too far after this, like movies that came out in the early 30s and stuff, and even earlier silent films, I've seen much more cohesive narratives than this. And I will, I will let the the. Egregious number of kick lines pass. I will let the drunk acting pass, um, but I just I just don't think this is a very well structured story, and that's not something based on like that's not something that I think you can chalk up to its age necessarily.
0: And it's something also where it's worth mentioning that like uh, it, you know, it's a movie that uh, it's yeah. Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Uh, it's alibi. you know it's alibi it's gonna be alibi Uh, yeah well it's i don't know what i was gonna say something you said made me think of it but it's a movie that like oh no i remember now it's only like 80 minutes and it feels so much longer
2: yes it feels so long
0: and again i don't really think that's a fault of it being an older movie because i've seen movies from the i've seen like the kid right it's an hour and 10 minutes I'm never really bored watching it, you know? I'm just saying that it's an old movie, yep. you know uh, mm-hmm. the alibi is like kill me <laughs> at points during it. <laughs> like just stop this movie now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, all right, so we'll do our we'll do our stuff during it. So at the time, well, first, we'll say what it was nominated for. Sarah, you have that, right?
2: Yes. Uh, so, as I said at the beginning, Um, Film was nominated for three Academy Awards, including Best Actor in a Leading Role for Chester Morris, who played Chick Williams, Best Art Direction uh, for William Cameron Menzies, and Best Picture for Roland West.
0: Well, obviously, this is just a note for people who are listening. We'll make this note a few times. If a film is nominated for Best Picture, we obviously cannot really say if it can win Best Picture without knowing the competition. Whereas the other two things, Actor and Art Direction, we could say which of the two we thought was the stronger element uh so caleb do you want to go first between those who do you think of these not knowing the competition who what do you think could have won for besides you know what i mean art direction or actor what would you be more cool with it winning
1: i think the thing that consistently impressed me in this was the art direction um even not knowing it was nominated for that like the scenes in the nightclub, um, the shot up at the end where he's like by the neon sign on the roof, the beginning of it, where he's getting out of jail. All this stuff is pretty like, those are some fun sets. And I think they're shot. Like it captures that in how it's shot pretty well. Um, I was never impressed by chick personally, so I can easily see him game beat out for that. So I'd probably
0: go art direction. Uh, Sarah, what about you?
2: See, I, I thought the art direction was good, Um, particularly like in the theater scenes, like I really liked the set. I, unfortunately, I think it's just not shot well enough because like, particularly the theater scene, you know, they've got this really elaborate, like beautiful set behind them, but it's shot where it's like tilted a little bit. So you can't really like appreciate it.
1: That's because we have to pay attention to the legs. That's yes. what we're appreciating.
0: <laughs> well, I'd also say actually the theater scenes are the ones where it definitely felt its age the most to mm-hmm. me because I am not used to watching just static shots of like a dance or like of a theater. Uh, yeah. So would you go with the art? Di- would you go with the acting then? And if not, art direction.
2: I well, to cont- I guess let me just continue a little bit with the art direction. Um, oh, okay, sorry, Because sorry. I I did really like the. I guess it was like the villainous layer set. It was connected to the, to the nightclub. Um, and it was, I mean, we had, we talked about this, but it did feel very like German expressionism. There was just a lot of shapes going on a lot of like weird colors and stuff. Well, it was in black and white, but you know, different tones. Um, and like how they did it was like, it was, I don't know. It was weird, but like in a good way. Um, But, like, I mean, I still don't really think that it was shot well enough to justify, you know, having... You know, it wasn't shot well enough to justify winning. Um, As far as the acting goes, I really wanted to like him. I mean, certain scenes I thought he did okay, but that ending scene was just, like... You really, that was, like, it really was, like, his Oscar That's his clip. Oscar clip. Yeah. It really was, like, him, like, really trying to go for it. So, if you had,
0: but you have to give it one, Sarah. That's the I point. Have you to? have to give it Art Direction. Yeah, you have to give it Art Direction or oh, Acting. Oh, man. You have to give it an Oscar. Which one would you give?
2: I would probably go with Art Direction then. Because there was a cool part where they, like, like had a peephole on a door and it was like they lifted like a triangular panel of the door i thought that was really cool (laughs) (laughs)
0: it wins just for that that's okay (laughs) i would also give it best art direction i wasn't too impressed with chick until his oscar clip and even then it was just kind of like gee this is really desperate type of thing you know (laughs) uh it's very blatantly an oscar clip which is so weird to see in 1929
1: um well it's not like the script is helping to me either.
0: That's true. Yeah, yeah he's, he's just doing his best. Uh, but the art direction, yeah, I thought it was consistently really good. I Again, I I say that the final scene, as ridiculous as it is, the set it's on is really cool. Uh, so I'd go with art direction. And now, if you had to nominate it in any category that's not nominated for, where would you nominate it? I'll go first this time because I went last last time. And it should be pretty obvious because I would give it a supporting actor nomination. <laughs> For Regis Toomey and his role as Danny slash Billy, because it's really fun drunk acting. It adds a comic relief to the movie that's desperately needed at points, um, and I think it's very it's a it's a fun performance, uh, and I think it's the highlight of the film. So, supporting actor Regis Toomey is where I go. Uh, who wants to go next?
2: <laughs> I guess I'll go uh, if we're going in reverse order.
0: This is like this is like a uh, this is like our classes. I know, in Zoom class. Be like, <laughs> um, what's go next? Silence. See, okay.
2: I thought about it while I was watching it, and like I know, okay, I know I just said that it was shot really badly, <laughs> but <laughs> I do think there were some points where it was really like interesting, and like it is when I compare it to Wings, like those opening scenes. Um, and even like the insert shots I thought were cool because they were you know different at the time like you wouldn't see insert shots back then so much um there is a point at the very beginning I don't know if you guys noticed this where the camera is like zooming in on one of the tables and it like passes a table and they clearly like yoinked this one lady's chair to get her out of frame <laughs> I don't know if you guys noticed I that, notice that, but I, I had to rewatch it like four times because I was like, this is <laughs> insane. But like in a good way, it was very much like a, I don't know, it seemed, it, there were a lot of like those silent film like off kilter, like we're on a stage type shots. But I think a lot of the like zooms and stuff and especially like the, um, the straight on like threatening shots that I talked about earlier, I thought were really cool. So I... I'm like half and half. I guess if I had to choose, I guess I would say cinematography for certain aspects. Guys,
0: I just looked it up because I figured that was where you're going. And Ray June was eventually nominated three times for Best Cinematography. He did the cinematography for this, and he never won. <laughs> so that's to me, He doesn't win. But that's okay. And now I'm looking up to see if Reaches to Me ever won anything. And then Caleb will go to you. I don't think Regis Toomey ever got anything. He died at ninety three, though. He had a nice long life. Good for him. That's what he won. He has one win total, and it's that he won a Hollywood Walk of Fame. Star.
2: Wow. <laughs> good for him.
0: Uh, so, Caleb, wh- where would you nominate this? Where it wasn't nominated?
1: Well, obviously, obviously, I'd make up the award for best uh, death scene. Um, <laughs> I think that's a good honor. where wa- would you just Toomey's
0: Oscar clip that would be just an
2: the whole part. clip yeah. all seven minutes
1: we haven't minutes. we haven't talked about her a lot but um the other female in this one I think her name is Daisy mm-hmm. um yeah it is she's consistently funny her and the guy she's with but I think her more so and they do bring some humor to this and I, I feel like I don't enjoy anyone in this movie, but I at least like, she's the one character I kind of want to, I want to make out or not to make it out. Um, so I'd say I'd give her supporting actress cause I feel like she deserves it.
0: That's, uh, that's, you said it's Daisy. Yeah. I, I don't that's know. That's May Bush who's actually second build in this. That's kind of interesting. Uh, Hold on. I actually want to make sure I'm getting that right. There are three females. It was Daisy Daisy Thomas was her name. Yeah, yeah. Mae Bush is that. Uh, Let's see. Did she eventually ever get any nominations? No. She actually... Did she die that late? No, she died in 1946. Wow. So she had the opposite of the award that other guy got. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Uh, Yeah. How did she die? That's so young. Oh,
2: she was also Australian. So. Oh, she had colon
0: cancer. Oh, I mean, she's an Aussie.
2: She was putting on an accident, which is pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, go her. Uh, I can, wow, Wikipedia says, one of the external links for Wikipedia is the uh, Find a Grave website. She also won a Walk of Fame star. Good for mm-hmm. her. Uh, it was a long time after she died, too, so good for her. Uh, okay, so Mae Bush for supporting actors. That's a good choice. All right. All right. Uh, So in our world, this got um, six nominations (laughs) instead of just three. Didn't win any of those. I I argue
1: that's probably five more than it
0: deserves. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, Okay. So that is our first episode. We've analyzed the second Academy Awards in Alibi. Uh, In two weeks, because this is a biweekly podcast, we will move on to our next film, which I'm about to reveal to Caleb for the first time. It is from the third Academy Awards, and it is called The Love Parade. Interesting fact about The Love Parade I'll give now, and I'll repeat next week, is that it is the first... It is... It received six nominations, which was the greatest number of any film up to that point, and then as such, it won nothing.
1: (laughs) Oh, Uh, this guy did The Shop Around the Corner, the director.
0: Well, that's what you're watching next week, so... Ernst Lubitsch uh, oh yeah I've heard well, of this guy okay so this is cool it's a pre-code musical comedy um so it'll be very fun hopefully um if not you'll hear us talk about it for about an hour or so so yeah so that's our first episode of the snob club do 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 uh, in the bag I, yeah I know right well what Oscar's down 92 more to go yay <laughs> for now because, as we said, this is gonna last about five years, so we'll have some o- more Oscars to add to the list.
2: Oh,
1: and then we're going to the Golden Globes. We're gonna knock out all of them,
2: actually, Ooh. because, um, because we to the Emmys. We, we the are Emmys. hoping to release this before the, the current Oscars, whatever Oscars that is. Uh, what is it? It's the ninety third. Ninety third. Yeah. Do we want to predict what we think? will be the film that we cover.
0: Oh, that'd be fun, because this is our first one. Yeah, yeah. So, I I can get it. These are our options, guys, okay? Do you want our options? Yes. So, Mank has ten nominations. The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Minari, No Bedland, Santa Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago 7 all have six. And then I'll also say Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and Promising Young Woman have five. So, those are your options. Um... Wait, how many does promising young Woman have? Five. All right. Uh, you might want to open it up on Wikipedia just so you have it to look at. Caleb, it's easier to look at than just to listen. Um, I want
1: to say I want to say it will be Mank because that movie looks absolutely god awful. But also, I don't want to watch Mank in this year or in five years. So, I'm hoping I'm hoping it will either be Trial of the Chicago Seven or um i could see promising young woman not going away with anything
0: oh i i I disagree uh i'm gonna go do mine sorry sarah uh i think mank will get production design uh which will get it out of the running for us thankfully thank goodness uh uh, i could see minari possibly if it doesn't win supporting actress being it i could see the father being it because i have no idea where it would win and I could see Chicago 7 being good
1: as well. The Father is uh, a good pick because this the, Anthony Hopkins would win any other year.
0: But he's not yeah.
1: winning this
2: mm-hmm.
0: year. Yeah, I could see still... Uh, supporting Actress is such a toss-up. I could see Olivia Colman getting it just off of an afterglow. Like how Maharshala Ali won a few years ago. Um, but yeah, I would say The Father is probably actually my... If I had to pick one, I'd go with The Father and then Chicago 7.
2: Yeah, I agree. The Father would be my choice that wholesome comedy the father yeah (laughs) actually
0: I saw a scandal earlier today where apparently the poster for the father that's been on letterboxd for the past year is a fan poster and they never changed it until like some Oscar pundit tweeted about it today and then they immediately changed it (laughs) And the thing they pointed out was the poster that they had up had Olivia Colman with, like, long hair. And everyone the the person who tweeted was like, she has, like, a pixie cut in this movie. This would not be the poster they use. (laughs) But, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't mind. I've seen all of them. I think I wouldn't mind covering, well, I wouldn't mind. I thought Mank was okay. I understand your guys' desire not to watch it. I thought Mank was better than Chicago 7. And The Father would be, yeah, The Father would be an interesting one to discuss, because as you said, Anthony Hopkins would be winning any every year. Uh, but, yeah. But we will tell you guys what that is when the Oscars happen. That will definitely be the first thing we mention that week's episode, because it will remove The Irishman from the last movie on our list, which Sarah's not looking forward to. So if it's Mac, it's just like...
2: It's just two winners, back to back. <laughs>
1: Netflix is really saving <laughs> us. <laughs> Saving cinema.
0: All right. Well, then that is officially our show. Thank you for listening to the Snub Club talk about Alibi. Uh, and if you want to listen to my MCU podcast, because we know there's two things that people like. It's the Oscars and Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's uh, at Y is and Ty and one on Twitter. If you'd like to follow that and listen on Buzzsprout at Y is with Ty and. Dan. Uh club. Feel free to pimp your stuff.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm Caleb. You can find me at Caleb from the Real World on Instagram and YouTube, uh, and from there you can find my myriad of other podcasts, Hot Trash Unlimited, All New Fifty Two, and Star Wars Therapy. Um, and you can also follow me at the Myth King on Letterbox for all my movie opinions.
0: We all have Letterbox, by the way. I'm blank mints on Letterbox. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, and I'm Sarah. I'm just my name on Letterboxd, Sarah Knopf, K-N-A-U-F. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at S-G-K-29-E-S-S-G-E-E-K-A-Y-2-9.
0: I would spell out blankments, but I'm too lazy right now. I'm too tired. Sorry, guys. Next week, maybe
1: and please like and review us rate us uh, all the all the stars uh and um send positive vibes our way tell your friends so that more people can learn about 1929s alibi
0: <laughs> yeah and next week come back to learn about
2: 1930s the love parade toot toot all right bye-bye now bye bye